Minus 128.56 degrees Fahrenheit was the coldest day to be recorded in human history in Vostok, Antarctica. The icy continent can boast the lowest temperatures, driest valley, and highest winds on average of any location on Earth. Looking at these facts, it is hard to imagine at one time the world's fifth largest continent was not covered in ice. Far into the planet's past, scientists have found enough evidence to soundly support the idea that Antarctica was once located around the same modern-day latitudes of Australia and New Zealand. Some of this evidence is taken from studies done of the ancient fossil forests located in Antarctica. These remains of ancient plants have given scientists a whole new perspective on how plants evolved from some of their earliest ancestors. As more stunning discoveries flow from the frozen tundras every day, claims of crashed UFOs, abandoned Nazi bases, and lost civilizations still make the headlines. Some even claim that buried beneath the ancient ice are entrances to the hollow earth and even colonies of extraterrestrials who are in contact with some of the governments of Earth. This case file join the theorists as they go beyond the wall and take a look at the Antarctica Conspiracies. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 174, Antarctica Conspiracies. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. I legit almost forgot how to intro the show. You forgot for the name of the show? <laughs> well, I thought you were... Dude, I thought you were getting ready to fucking introduce yourself finally as Mr. J. Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Braden J. Cheeks. Yeah. BJ Cheeks. Fuck yeah. Uh, Just a matter of time. Uh, the I hope the that paperwork one is, is going through. We're getting it done. Legal the J change. stands for juicy. I don't think you had to tell anybody that. I think they all knew. <laughs> well, BJ Cheeks, Esquire. BJ Cheeks. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, I mean, Antarctica... Everyone's favorite place to stir up some conspiracies. Before we really get into it, it's it's crazy, you know, when you really think about it, that the world's largest continent is, un, for the most part, largely unexplored, and most of it, you know, covered by one to two miles of ice. It's not the largest like, continent, I don't think. Isn't it the largest continent? No, it's I like... Think Russia's no, like, Russia's a country. Like Africa is way bigger, but it, it's huge. I think huge. it's the largest continent. No, it's it's like one and a half times. It's like fifty percent bigger than the United States. So it's but it's still a huge chunk of land. Either way, that's just sitting there, completely, well, almost completely covered in mile high ice, mile deep ice. Yeah, I guess so. But still, it's yeah, it's, right. it's yeah, huge. It's, it's huge. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're, 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 you're close. You're close. That's a unsettling. Oh, and you know what? I f forgot before we even start, I've got to uh, apologize. Uh, I was a little 
insensitive last case file. I've taken some heat. Um, so, you know, for some things I said and noises I made to referring with people who elongate their skulls. Uh, so I apologize, Zell, to you foremost for offending your people. I'll accept it. So on uh, behalf we're of all, all the people with elongated skulls. On yeah. behalf of everyone with elongated skulls, I accept your apology. <clears throat> this is a genius way to get over criticism. You can you can definitely, you know, like the noises are okay with Zell, but you just can't compare it to a vegetable. Yeah. Because then that's when you get in problems. You start comparing heads to other round edible yeah, objects. Starchy vegetables. Yeah. Then okay. we have problems. You got a problem. Got problems. Um all right, well, let's get into this one. Got lots to go through. This is one submitted by the fans. Also, we should mention. That's right. Um, we have a fan vote once a month where the fans decide what we talk about on Patreon. So if you're not on our Patreon, get on there and you can have your voice heard. Dictate uh, what case files we do once a month. Yeah, we take a take a poll of what we should do. Then we choose the top four or five, put them out there. And Antarctica conspiracies top the list for good reason. I mean, there's dozen, there's dozen. You can go dozens of different ways with Antarctica. So we're going to try and smash out all the main ones today. Right. Antarctica, everybody's favorite holiday location. <laughs> you know, if you, uh, you know, if I can interest you in some summer uh, vacation property down there, you know, contact me. Hook you up. <laughs> Cause who doesn't want to live in a place that has 99% of its surface covered with ice? Uh, it actually is estimated to hold about 90% of the world's ice. Uh, you probably can find uh, your neighbors will include about uh, 70 permanent research stations, uh, which are scattered across the continent and are represent <clears throat> about 29 countries uh, from every continent on Earth. So you have, you know, there are uh, Norwegian, Russian, U.S., everybody's down there checking it out, partying on the ice. I'm sure ice raves monthly happens. Of course. Yeah. You know? So, um, there are tons of legit, I want to say legitimate, but there are, there are tons of scientific mysteries about Antarctica. There's, there's stuff that we don't know, or we have found and have yet to explain, uh, through normal science uh, with the, with the scientific community. So you have places like, um, they had discovered this one special phenomenon, which I thought was pretty neat. I learned about the Ross ice shelf singing. Oh Apparently yeah. The Ross ice shelf makes this, uh, is very unique sound and for a while scientists didn't know exactly what was happening but then they you know after a lot of observations um they found out that this is actually generated by wind that the, the constant blowing wind that's like 20 to 30 it can get up to like 20 30 miles per hour and there's just like constant wind which sounds super pleasant i'm sure uh and that like that that wind blowing through across the crevices and things like that generates a sound. It's very, uh, I've heard, like, I heard recordings of it. It's very creepy. I don't know how you could, like, I don't know how you could tolerate that. You know, I'm not, just that I, constant, like, I'm going to play one and I'm going to claim uh, fair use because this is a, this is a scientific thing. So we're going to play a little Ross shelf ice sheet or Ross ice sheet shelf singing. Here we go. So let's see what it sounds like. Weird. Yeah, how fucking rad is that? Like that's what you hear. Like 
at night with your own ears? Yeah, if you're outside. I guess so. Yeah, that, if you're that's far away. I'm sure. I'm sure that's probably like real close. But um, if you're far away, it probably sounds a little bit different. But yeah, that's cool though. Very, it's very uh, awesome occurrence. Sounds like very some weird like eight bit synth, <laughs> weird sounding synth. I have to try and replicate that Zeltron next song maybe. Right, synthwave is the voice of the Earth, voice of space, voice of space and Antarctica. I suppose super cool because it's in Antarctica. What's the definition of that? It's just it's just like off the ice shelf creates this like reverberation that just does that. Right. So like the, the constant blowing winds that go across Antarctica. It's like it's, it's like, like when you have a bottle and you go. Yeah, it vibrates the ice to, to make that certain. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, there's you another sample that for Zeltron. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, someone someone mm, clipped that identical. <laughs> Another interesting site is the Polanya Hole, which is a 31,000 square mile hole in the ice. We're not exactly sure hole. why it's what it's caused by. Just a hole, just no ice for whatever reason. Just a yeah. void in the just ice. A big hole. I think it's filled with water, I'm sure. But the, 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 I think the main theory is that it's it's caused by like the... So is it a cenote then? <laughs> no. Uh, no, it's not a cenote. It's Too just bad. like it's... By the constant, like the warming and refreezing of ice, there's just like a big hole there. I think it's filled with water at this point. Sometimes it gets filled with water, sometimes not. But they're still studying things like this. The next one is the most metal sounding mystery called Blood Falls. Dope. It's cool if you've ever seen, like, if you've seen footage of them, it like it looks like just blood's pouring out. Because it is. Do not explain what it is, Dan. It is a blood waterfall. Let's just leave it at that. It's fucking metal. Leave the science out of <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, Antarctica cool. spewing blood. Yeah. It's oh, unknown. Yeah. No one will ever know what knows. <laughs> we don't know what causes the blood fall other than it's blood. Yeah, it's metal. Five stories of blood. Yep. Shooting out of Antarctica. Five it's stories. It's flowing all the way from the rivers of Babylon. That's where it fucking <laughs> pools. Uh, if you want to know what actually causes it, you can look it up. It's actually a cool, strange phenomenon. I won't explain it. It's probably more fun if you look it up. <laughs> um, another amazing thing that they're finding recently is that there are these what seem to be these huge lakes uh, that are underneath the ice. So these miles and, you know, thousands of feet of ice and underneath these, there are uh, unfrozen lakes of water that have been essentially sealed off for millions of years. And so scientists are just now getting down to these, I, I believe 2018, 2019, uh, teams of scientists have actually gone below the ice or gotten into some of these, um, well, gotten footage of the organisms and the multitude of life forms that live within these uh, these frozen, you know, these unfrozen lakes miles beneath the water. So you, it, it, they're actually populated with lots of invertebrates and things like that. And it's, it, it's I'd imagine really cool. that's where the blue eyes, white dragons from. Yes. Living under there. <laughs> Makes sense. Just an, an it checks out. Well, I, did they actually get in? Because I know like the most famous one is Lake Vostok, like under the mm -hmm. Russian base. And yeah. yeah, like two miles under the ice, there's this, a giant lake it's it's like four times the volume of like lakes ontario or something yeah. so it's like it'd be in the top 20 biggest lakes in the world completely right. sealed for they don't really know exactly how long but like you know let's say a million like it hasn't been it's never been opened in humanity's timeline so we have a completely sealed environment 
And they they yeah. drilled in, they drill into the ice and they found like yeah markers of like methane and other stuff that would show like life. So I, I don't did they actually get through? I didn't read that far in, but I'm pretty, if, yeah, I'm pretty sure they've gotten through and gotten footage of like what what is down there, and it's mostly like so, invertebrates and things like this, and and a lot of creatures that that are related to the ones that live on Earth now, or perhaps distant relatives of the creatures that inhabit these things. But this this to scientists was amazing to find because this shows, you know, I I mean when you think about it, there are tons of places on Earth where you wouldn't expect to find life, but you do. And so this also gives hope to not only uh you know biologists on Earth, but like your xenobiologists, people uh thinking about the the places, the frozen moons of Jupiter, for example, life could exist there in these you know, these sub almost freezing waters that could perhaps life could could be there could live there exist wait so just like humans do we decided to drill into an untapped environment releasing god knows what through that hole <laughs> yeah well no i i remember reading a couple articles where they were when they found these lakes they, they there was like a big debate about whether how to approach it like how to not affect uh, how, how to make sure that we wouldn't adversely affect these these closed off ecosystems because I think there's always that you know scientists are worried about making some sort of un unintentional impact on these ecosystems. So I remember reading about that, but you know you put like a little little robot down there or something and just kind of <laughs> and somehow like automatically seal the hole when you drill through and then take a look. I mean something they say this science. happened and what you say a couple of years ago? Took that long for that coronavirus to filter out from this deep hole. Yep, coronavirus is from the Antarctica. You heard, you heard it, it first. Heard it here. <laughs> That's cool though. That like un untapped environments. They like this is like a pretty like scientists studying like lakes on possibly like Titan or like other moons think it might be a similar ecosystem because like deep under the ice you have liquid water that's you know, habitable. Like Trapped. You can, yeah, like, so it could be that they're studying this because, oh, shit. They're studying this because they think maybe that might be a similar stuff that you might find on those moons of Jupiter and Saturn. So, pretty cool. Right. So, those are the scientific mysteries. Now we get into a little bit of the darker side of the mysteries. The wonderful world of Antarctic conspiracies that surround the world's, one of the world's largest continents covered in ice. Of course. So, first one, of course... This is, uh, Antarctica is the resting place of Atlantis. Okay. That's one. Uh, this one is usually, uh, supported by, uh, theorists that, that try to make the point or they, you know, they mentioned, they always mention the point that Antarctica was not always covered in ice. It was we not. know that. Yep. Uh, that was also millions of years ago. <laughs> What we or know, what, or was from it? what we know, scientists study. It's been millions of years since that since Antarctica was not covered in ice. That's the that's the leading theory right now. Yes. Well, I mean, you would get so this one goes. We talked about it. I think we talked about it briefly before, but uh, Charles Hapgood and his mm -hmm. th theory of crustal displacement. Sure. Who, who you know, like, this guy was legit back in the day and he like had a forward mentioned by Einstein who like was like oh, his theories like you know he has good theories at least at least he said that so his theory was pretty much that the amount of ice at the caps with the spinning of the earth 
every so many thousand years would cause a sudden and catastrophic shift like of maybe up to 30 degrees. So because you find uh, like you find those the evidence of like woolly, woolly mammoths frozen solid with food in their mouths in the north. So I guess that theory is like some time ago before like drifting, like continental drift was the accepted science. This was like a pretty, like pretty well like studied thing that maybe Atlantis was, you know, this wasn't, it was like a, you know, it was a temperate forest climate. Everest was, or uh, Atlantis was here. The crust shifted, shifted either through this, like the crustal displacement or some type of pole shift and then relatively quickly freezing and covering Atlantis and ice. So it would have to, I like when you, when you explain like with mammoths with food in their mouth, it'd have to be like some type of like a flash freeze then, wouldn't it? Yeah. Think of day of the day of, what is it? The day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. Yeah. Think of that. Yeah. They actually, that, I'm pretty sure they used, probably used some Hapgood theories in that, in that movie. But that's one of the theories is that it just quickly shifted and moved an entire continent. The whole, yeah, there's a whole thing, there. just 30 degrees, just boom, snapped, snapped. And then all the water would rush in and then freeze relatively quickly. And then boom, Atlantis. Move a whole continent. Hey. Smash it into Einstein Antarctica. didn't say it was a terrible idea. He just questioned if the weight of the ice would be enough to do it. And obviously, ever since then, it's obviously not a not a leading theory, but it's, uh, it's, in, the well, I, it's in the history books. I, I look at it as I'm like, you know, like everything we that I've learned of Atlantis, you know, through whatever children's books and Disney movies. Disney movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Was, we always uh, we always assume that it's submerged underwater, right? But maybe that's been lost through translation of, you know, throughout history and it is maybe buried under this ice. Like you got to remember there's there's some places on in Antarctica where you know, the ice is 1 to 2 miles thick. Like imagine that right now covering a city is, of like any like metropolitan area with two miles of ice like one it's like it's gone and two like the weight of the ice is going to destroy absolutely everything i wonder like is that too deep for lidar to be able to fucking image it's a good question because they did do that ice penetrating radar in greenland to find that hiawatha crater yeah and i know they have found other craters under Antarctica that they think actually might have also been part of the dinosaur extinction, not just yeah. the one in the Yucatan. They have, so, the, well, they actually have evidence also not only of the dinosaur extinctions, but they also are studying uh, their actual petrified forests in Antarctica from the time of the Permian extinction. Wild. Well, and then to bring it back to a fucking previous case file, though, but was it, was it like 2014? They found those elongated skulls. Like the like the, the Nazca ones, they found elongated skulls in Antarctica. They found them in Antarctica. Yeah, I'll pull up the article. Oh shit! You yeah, just right, like, and that which is cool because it kind of leads like you. When, you'd like to think that the uh, Atlanteans were an advanced civilization if you buy into everything that we talked about when we did that case file. You know what I mean? And then what did we find in Gobekli Tepe? Elongated skulls, like it'd be oh. pretty fucking cool if you could tie that shit together. Oh yeah, I just, I, I, why did why I never seen this before? In the Shetland Islands, they found that a skull. I thought they fought, found four, but I could be wrong. Well, you could, you're probably right. I just did a quick search, but BBC.com: the bones that could shape Antarctica's fate. Hmm. How fucking cool is that? Oh, so we got yeah, so we got uh, like a pre-diluvian. We got the 
we talked about it, those skulls in Peru and uh, Caspian Sea. What I would like to know is if we could find out the difference between, remember how we, we, we found the skulls that obviously were proof that were binded and yeah. then the skulls that we found, I think it was the, the ones in Peru. I forget the name. Dan will remember. Pra- I'm sure. That Paracus, the ones that, Paracus skulls. That, mm-hmm. that the Fracas skulls that look like they were naturally elongated. They looked right? much more uniform, oh. at least for sure. Yes. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd be interested to find out if these are the more unified, uniform looking skulls or the ones that like have evidence of binding. So maybe there was, I mean, cause not, there is parts of like, uh, what's that little pan handle on Antarctica? That's like the only, really the only place that's not fully covered in ice. So maybe, you know, well, I mean, that would have to, that would push humanity's timeline back way farther. If you go with the accepted science of millions of years of covered ice, but that, that is cool that they found skulls. That's actually really sweet. Right. I mean, it's all pretty obvious, you know, we know. The Phoenicians were the one that really were the first people that found the Americas. And they obviously went down to Antarctica and discovered that first too. They did the full. behind some cool elongated skulls. They did the full tour. They did it all. Amazing people. Just to bring it back to Atlantis. If, would you, do you guys think like right now, say Vancouver, if Vancouver, there was a flash freeze, I'm just hypothetical. And it was covered in, two miles of ice, two miles thick. Like, is there anything in Vancouver that's going to sustain that weight? Be like, if you think about where it is, it, you know, it's on the flats or is it all just going to be crushed and pushed back into the earth? Well, I th- I, if it was like a flash flood and flash freeze, it might be preserved, but the melting and subsequent like glacier grinding it down when it melted would grind it to dust probably. That's what I think. Because you, you, you can see the evidence of like g- glaciers grinding down giant mountains just here in Okanagan. I'm glad you said that because when you said that with grinding it to dust of this giant glacier, maybe that's why Gilbecki Tepe's backfilled. Oh, they. But was there evidence of glaciers in Turkey? No, but maybe maybe they're just like just in let's case. Let's build it and we're gonna cover it. And if there is an ice age before someone finds it. It's here, and that's all we can do. Oh, just like a preservation tactic? Yeah. Hmm, maybe. What else about... Uh, let's uh, let's merge this with the next theory, because Atlantis, global civ- spanning civilizations, pyramids on every continent. Now you have the theory of pyramids possibly in Antarctica. Yep, so you have this place called the Ellsworth Range, which uh, some people have observe some of these strange looking mountains have interpreted these images as actually being evidence of pyramids or that these are perhaps the tips of pyramids. Now these structures would perhaps be about would have to be about 4,000 foot feet tall. Uh, and this would be about 10 times the height of the great pyramids of Giza. 10 times. Yeah. Oh, so we're talking some, oh, we're talking the progenitor pyramid, the greatest pyramid ever built. Yes, if they were if they were artificially built pyramids. So the Atlanteans in Antarctica built these the first pyramids, crustal displacement, pushed the Atlanteans to spread over the earth, teaching pyramid building and megalithic structure building, slowly dying off because they were not able to breed with other humans because they had those elongated skulls. They weren't quite they weren't the quite they weren't the double sapiens we are. That's what you're saying, Dan? 
Uh, I'm saying that those are actually mountains. Well, I mean, mm. what about how about the Princess Elizabeth Research Station so nearby? To study geologic formation, like what pyramids? Okay. All right. Well, here, Dan, I'll give you a weird one. In 2016, Buzz Aldrin actually visited the Princess Elizabeth uh, okay. in November, late November. Uh, he went, you know. Right, and then they had to fly him out early, right? Because he yeah, had a health problem. Yeah. He he had a health issue. Um, something happened to him there. I think it was altitude sickness. Or yeah, they were like saying something like that. like that. Um, and they had to rush him away. Now, in December December seventh, twenty sixteen, he posted a picture on Twitter of that mountain range or pyramid structure, and he said, "We are all in danger." It is evil itself. And then that tweet Ooh. was later deleted. Same day. Say, say that again? Can we have a copy of that tweet? Uh, we are all in danger. It is evil itself. And he posted a picture of that specific mountain range in Antarctica at the base he was visiting. Oh. So he tweeted it that day? No, he tweeted the- it December 7th. So he was already back in civilization. They already medically evac'd him. Because they medically evac him end of November. So probably like November, around November 25th, around that time. Sure. I, I couldn't find a clear date. And then December 7th, he posted this tweet. And December 7th, he took that tweet down. How old is he now? 86. 86, okay. Huh. Right? I'm just saying, it's, a, it's an interesting, interesting take from, you know, one of these people who's explored everywhere who's also said he's seen aliens right that's true so this this pyramid you're saying is 10 times bigger than the great pyramids of giza giant giant pyramids if it were that if it is a good choice of words there zell because how much bigger are the nephilim than humans bigger giants how much bigger i don't know what if these pyramids were built by fucking frost giants um okay possibly i mean there is now now there is like scientific evidence to say that these could just be mountains and like um receding waters make them that way. But I mean the Buzz Aldrin shit to me I'm like well that's kind of weird why he posted a picture of of that pyramid structure of like the front facing pyramid slope we are all in danger it is evil itself. <laughs> hey. I mean that other even just exclude Buzz Aldrin's fucking random senile tweet. Um, just the fact that there's pyramids like, like Zell said on every continent in the fucking world, you know what I mean? It would not be surprising to me that there would be pyramids in Antarctica, especially if we have proof that it wasn't always fucking covered in ice. So I'd also like to mention that that tweet also has a, apparently contains a number of visual cues that shows it was altered. Well, we'll have to, we'll see. You bringing that shit before you fact check (laughs) it on here, Brayden? We'll see. What are you doing? You found that on Reddit, didn't you, you fucker? Uh, no, I actually, no. <laughs> I'd actually heard it before, and so then I pulled up the the tweet archive, and then I had found the story of him being medically evac'd, and then I just I looked at the dates. That's where I got so, it from. So you right, mean right, to right. tell me that there's a Twitter archive, as in somebody has all the stuff we've tweeted from all time? Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, there's that's there's terrifying. a there's also the way back <laughs> machine. You, you put can on use. the internet; it's there forever. Forever. Burr. Yeah, have you never heard of like there? There's actually like a group of people that just archive stuff on the internet. 
Yeah, the Wayback yeah. Machine, man. It, that's all it does. Yeah. You can go look up your old Nexopias. We need to burn it down like the fucking uh, <laughs> Library of Alexandria. Pull up Let's tear that shit page. down. Okay, now, might not, I never had my... Dude, do you think I knew how to work a computer back then, Dan? Mm. Get real. Do you know how to work a computer now? Still don't. I'm learning. Uh, <laughs> I'm learning. Now, bringing it back to the pyramids. Also, uh, John Kerry uh, had traveled to the South Pole uh, to become better informed about climate change. Uh, Kerry was a high, the highest ranking U.S. government official ever to visit the South Pole at the time. Um, and lots of people are saying they don't understand really sending the top diplomat to the farthest reaches of Earth to see ice. Well, I thought his big, he was a huge uh climate change guy though wasn't he a huge he is, he's actually i think he's the un's he's the us's un envoy to uh for climate change now yeah and didn't he he went there with fucking prince harry like what do you think him and prince harry are uncovering some fucking super secret fucking antarctic weapon or like <laughs> no it's just interesting that these people's powers have interest in going to these research centers close to these like you know these pyramids or mountain structures it's photo ops, man. Kate Epton went to fucking Antarctica <laughs> for some fucking sexy pictures. What sexy Just, pictures? You know? uh, yeah. I forgot. Antarctica, the world's sexiest continent. Exactly. Nothing sexier than snow pants and a bikini top. I dig it. You might be right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we, we got a lot of conspiracies to cover. So let's go to the next one because we, we got an expert. We got a guy who's been on the ground. A lot of people claim that... Antarctica is fake. Well, it's, off. it's fake. Um, it's an ice wall. You can't. You can never go there. Uh, you can't fly over it. You can't do all this stuff because there's maybe a hollow, a hollow Earth entrance, or it's the ice wall maintaining us from getting out to the infinite plane of the flat universe, or God knows what. But we got a guy who uh, is going to tell us all about it. Let's bring on Jorgen. Are you there? Hey, what's happening, guys? You're just talking to little Antarctica conspiracies. Uh, so for people that don't know Jorgen, uh, he was my roommate for a few years. He has been there. Well, he's told me he's been there. I can't be for certain, though he did take a picture with an ATT shirt at the South Pole. Photoshopped or not? I don't know. But That's true. No, froze my nipples off for that one. <laughs> take us through some of these uh, conspiracies of, can, can you fly over Antarctica? Of course you can, man. It's uh, just like any other continent on the planet. Uh, flown over in multiple times. Uh, now, Jorgen, is there certain areas that uh, contain no-fly zones in Antarctica that uh, you're aware of? No. Uh, the only no-fly zone that they have is a small square of uh, terrain, I guess, outside the South Pole Station. And that's a clean air sector. So they're doing scientific research and they don't want you flying through so your exhaust fumes don't contaminate their data. But it's a, you know, we're talking a couple hundred meters square kind of thing, nothing substantial. Oh, so it's a, it's not like a whole section where like it's horizon her, to horizon. It's just a small piece of... No, God, no. You, you go up to altitude, you can kind of see the whole zone. They got it flagged out on the ground there. But uh, no, there's nowhere on the continent that's horizon to horizon that you cannot go. It's kind of uh, all free reign down there. Now, is it true that, because a lot of people say, oh, Antarctica's fake or it's the ice wall or whatever, because uh, commercial planes do not fly over it. Is that true? 
No, no, that's not true at all, man. Uh, picture your globe, right? You take your standard globe, you connect a dot. So you're going from Hobart to Buenos Aires, right? Take a piece of string, put one end on Hobart in uh, Tasmania, put the other end on Buenos Aires, and what's your straightest route? It's right over the top of Antarctica. Planes cost too much money to go the long way around. So you just fly right over the top, most direct route. Same thing as the North Pole. That's how you get to Europe from Vancouver. Well, yeah, I've, I've always known like North Pole is very frequent and they have some northern like airports that are maintained. But is there, what if there was like a, some people say like, what, what if there's like a, like a, you know, a airline like malfunction, you got to land somewhere. Is there any place in Antarctica that could land a commercial jet? Yeah, there's three spots that I know of. Um, the Australians maintain a blue ice runway outside of Casey Station called Wilkins Airfield. Uh, the Russians have a blue ice strip in Novo Lazareskaya. Uh, that's kind of just south of Cape Town. That uh, would be able to handle it. You can fly a corporate, private people fly in there all the time. They run illusions down there. And then uh, Union Glacier, which is out kind of towards the Antarctic Peninsula, they also got a blue ice strip that can take a commercial plane. Right. So myth busted. There is commercial jets that fly some routes over the South Pole, obviously much less than North Pole, because I mean, South Pole is not that. Yeah, but populated. this is according to one source. Mm, that's true. So answer, wait, yeah, Jorge, hey. please answer the the question, the most important question: Is Antarctica the sexiest continent? Oh, without a doubt, man, I've been there. <laughs> there see, it's a it's a Ooh. continent full of uh, Russian dudes who just drink and hang out together and play video games, or what else happens down there? Yeah, it, I mean, it basically depends on what your version of sexy is, really. <laughs> <laughs> now, what uh, what kind of aircraft are you flying down there, exactly? So I was flying Twin Otters and Basler's. So Basler's a converted DC-3, uh, basically a DC-3 airframe with a turbine engine slapped on it. Right, and that was just like scientific analysis kind of kind of stuff? Yeah, so we go down there for... Yeah, anywhere between two to five and a half months and you'd be supporting the various science programs they have going on uh, because there's an Antarctic treaty you're not allowed to do any exploration down there so any of the activity on the continent is purely science or there's a small segment of tourism going on but uh, we basically fly people supplies around uh, between camps set right. up scientific uh, outposts and that kind of thing now during during all the like you spend a lot of time down there all the flights you've done, how big is the entrance to the hollow earth? I've never seen it. And I've flown over almost the entire continent. Wow. What do you mean you've never mm -hmm. seen it? It's huge. I've seen pictures. Definitively, oh, I'm going to say you that. hear a little exist, something in his voice there. I don't know. A little stutter? It doesn't sound, yeah. He sounds <laughs> a little unsure. <laughs> yeah. If he's allowed to even be talking. A little bit of fake laugh there, too. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's not a thing. Not a thing. I uh, know. I smell Illuminati shill, who's uh, trying to cover up the entrance to our next conspiracy. That is, the, it's the entrance to the Hollow Earth. Yeah. Lose them. How much do they pay? Get rid of them. Get rid of them. All right, Jorgen. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Adios. I would bet you that's not even his real name. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't trust Jorgen. him. Even though, we, even though he lives. Sounds, sounds fake. Sounds I've fake. never even met anyone named Jorgen. He lived lived with me for like. Three years, and I don't, I don't did know. Did he? I, I, yeah. Did he really did live he, with yeah. you? He always said he was going to Antarctica. I don't know. Can you trust this guy? Was he a CIA operative? Was this post-podcast? This was pre-podcast, actually. 
Interesting. Well, they knew. Well, they got some fucking mind mind reading control shit. Knew you were going to make the podcast. And they planted somebody in there. Well, hey, an interesting thing he said is that he did give some um, credence to a theory. Um, one of the theories that I read about, um, it's not the Lin- Linda Moulton Howe one we want to finish with, but it is another flight one about um, this guy named Brian S., who he flew a CF-130 or something like that in Antarctica on research missions. And he talked about the time he he emailed Linda Moulton Howe and he he, he was on the show. His name's Brian S. Uh, they had a, a medical emergency in the in near the South Pole Research Station. And while they were flying there, um, they were approaching this no-fly zone with the same thing that Jorgen said. It's you know, it's off limits because there's some sort of, they want clean air. He said it's an air scrubbing station. And to be honest, Brian S says, he's like, we just didn't give a shit. We flew up and we just made a direct route because it was an emergency. And he says that upon flying over this no fly zone, it wasn't, it wasn't like, it's like a bird eye view of this like huge hole entrance, but there was a giant hole like angled. And they flew over, they saw it, and they went, what the hell is that? There was no research station to be seen, uh, this scrubbing station that they saw it, and they landed, <clears throat> they picked up this medical, the person who needed medical attention, and they f- took off from the base, and when they took off- Was it off, Buzz Aldrin? No, it's, uh, no, this was back in the 80s, <laughs> 87, I believe was the date, I'd have to hashtag look it up, um, but- Upon flying out, they were contacted by radio like control, and they were like, "Do not fly over that no-fly zone again. Fly around it. it. Doesn't matter if this person is in critical condition. We don't care. Fly around it." So they had to fly around it, and upon landing with this person who needed to be rushed to New Zealand, they were met by government officials who were basically like, "You shouldn't have flown over. Uh, you know better. You didn't see anything. What'd you see? Right? You didn't see anything." And they were like, "Yep," and they left. And he 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 just always remembered that like giant hole. He's like, well, what the hell? Like, why did we so get was, met by people with suits telling us we didn't see anything? What was down there? Mm. So it was just a giant hole. That's all they saw. Just a giant like a hole entrance, like at an at an angle though. So it's not like it's like you look down and you could drop into this hole. But he said he could easily fly. He would have been easily able to fly his plane in there. And I don't know how big these planes are, so it's hard for me to think. But. This is the one cool account. thing. The one cool thing about I was reading about Antarctica too is that apparently it has ninety percent of the world's meteorites. Like they land in fucking Antarctica, and how you say it lands on an angle? Maybe it was a fucking crater from a meteorite or po- something like possibly. that. Possibly. Now he tells another story about a research station there um, with a bunch of scientists that are there. They drop off and they have a like a forty-eight hour communication rule where it's like if you they don't contact and check in within forty-eight hours. Uh, they send a flight to go check in. Um, so one research base they lost contact with. Um, I don't think it's that uncommon, which is why it's 48 hours from what I read is like, you know, there could be bad weather and interference uh, with communication devices. So they send the same Brian S. Uh, he flies, they fly around the base. And normally when they fly around it, he says that people will come out because they think, oh, it's supplies. Oh, we haven't contacted and they wave, and no one comes out. Mm. So they do kind of a bigger perimeter. They don't see 
anyone. So they land the plane, they search the base. There's no signs of anyone at all, anywhere. So they fly back and they're like, we we don't know where the hell these people are. If they they've all either something's happened to every everyone there, or they've all left the station, we don't know what's going on. Uh, and a couple of days later, they get uh, a call for basically an emergency pickup. So this Brian S is now tasked to fly back, and they fly over the same base, and everything's packed. All these scientists have all their stuff out. They land. These scientists don't say a word to anyone. They the pilot and crew load the gear. Uh, and these pilots, these scientists just sit in the back and don't talk to anyone. Like Brian S says he went and talked and he was like, Hey, like we were here, like whatever, a couple days ago, looking for you guys. What, what happened? Where were you? And they refuse to talk. They don't talk. They just sit there. And he says, they all look like they were in shock. And when they land at the base, um, he said, when they loaded them, all the scientists were really quick. They wanted on the plane right away. They got on the plane, they took off, and when they landed, none of them really were in a hurry to get off and still had nothing to say. And then when they unloaded the equipment, like other scientists came out and said, all this stuff needs to be quarantined immediately. And they quarantined all their gear. And then government officials in like suits and stuff were there again and like ushered all these scientists off the plane and away. And this pilot was like, fuck. what the fuck is going on? Dan, or Zell called it. It's fucking. They found coronavirus. That's what it was. All the scientists. That's what they did. They had to quarantine it. All that shit. Okay, so I, I like this theory a lot. So, but before we continue, because we got more, a little bit more on Hollow Earth, and then a few more theories. Let's take a quick beer break. Quick beer break, and we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? Just a quick announcement. Cosmic Channels season two starts this Sunday, January thirty first. At 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, call in any topic, open lines, let's hear them. The number is 1-833-703-0424. We want to hear all your wildest stories, cryptids, ghosts, demons, UFOs, abductions, Bigfoot, whatever you have, we want to hear it. If you head over to our Instagram or Facebook page, we've set up the calendar with what weeks we're recording what. Episode 2, Sunday, February 7th. Ghosts in the Paranormal, February 14th. Call in and give your thoughts on Elisa Lamb. Sunday, February 21st, UFOs and Aliens. Let's hear them. And Sunday, February 28th, another open lines, any topic. Call in, share your stories. We want to hear from everybody. The number again, 1-833-703-0424. Sundays for the next 20 weeks at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to watch the show live, you can head, head over to Cosmic Channel's Twitch page or YouTube page and catch it there. Thanks, everybody. Back to Antarctica. So Andrew had figured out a fun theory about some of the... Were you talking about some of the photos they had pay, taken or UFO crashes in Antarctica? <laughs> Put me on the fucking spot here, Dan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just had like a random fucking... Side note to jab into alien crash land, nothing like about photos or anything like that. Well, no, that's so that's a conspiracy. Another conspiracy of, of Antarctica is that if you scour the internet, people have gone through Google Earth and looked through all like the ice and like pretty much every inch of the ice, UFO like 
researchers are looking for stuff. And there's been a few where it seems like the looks like there's like a crashed craft that had streaked through the ice and rested and has been covered over in ice and snow, but you can still see what looks like a trail and some an object obviously under the ice. You can't tell what it is. There's, it's all white, but so the theory is that I mean, this is going to go. This ties in with all the pretty much all the theories we're talking about is that UFO Antarctica is a UFO hotspot, whether it be Hollow Earth, which we talked about way back on uh, Operation. Uh, was it oh, fuck. high jump operation high, high jump. jump and we oh. did an episode on hollow earth with admiral bird forestall and all that so antarctica as like a ufo hotspot being hollow earth being alien bases under the ice which we're going to get to at the end of this case vault because that is the best part so the possibility of maybe some of these for whatever reason have crashed into into the ice and are resting there is one another conspiracy that UFO hunters look for. So what do we think about that? Hmm? Hmm? I just said, what do we think about it? What, what do you think of of some of these? What do you I thought Andrew had, like Andrew said I he was had for Andrew to, to say. I was waiting oh, for really? Andrew to jump no, in so, with his jab. I think that's No, no. I, boys, relax. He's got it. He's got I it. Was, I'm not really leaning towards, like, I kind of just went a little fucking went off when I was reading this time, my mind kind of started spinning a bit because I was thinking instead of potentially like a crash landing, what happens if it was like a person, you know, it was purposeful. They landed on in Antarctica on purpose because when I was doing my studying, I found out like, have you guys heard of the dry Valley in Antarctica? Dry Valley. I've heard about it. Yeah. So it's one of the driest places on earth, like desert climate hasn't been any rain there in fucking thousands of years type thing. And apparently it has the most similar living conditions to Mars. And they they did training there for their uh, Mars Viking mission. Okay. Right? So what happens if before Mars went to shit, they're like, we need to find a planet that can fucking, we can live on. And this is the closest planet, like this part of this planet is the closest to our climate. And that's why they chose to go to Antarctica. And they're oh. living beneath the ice. The one one thing is that Mars is that Mars from today, most similar to Mars conditions on Mars today, or conditions onto what some theorists think Mars was millions of years ago. I would imagine what Mars is today because they're you know what I mean. When when was the Viking mission? Wasn't that long ago? I can. What was the, was Viking the first one? Was that seventies? I think it was Mars. Either Viking. way, but like Mars has been its current climate for how long? Million year, millions of years? They don't really millions know, right? Years. If it, if it if at one point it was covered with water, which is there's some evidence to show that, then perhaps that was yeah, that was millions of years ago before it's lost its atmosphere and shit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So maybe okay. So maybe it wasn't when Mars went to shit, but maybe they were just looking for a planet that they can inhabit. You know what I mean? And this was the closest thing to what they had, and they could potentially be building, living in fucking bases underneath the ice, or they could have died off. Who knows, right? Maybe it was an unsuccessful mission. Maybe it was just a probe. Yeah. Crashed. I don't know, but I just found that interesting that it's like the most similar, similar that we know of to Mars. Well, and you know, there's a there's a there's a pyramid structure on Mars too. Right? Like, like that doesn't when, you, when you talk about that kind of thing, that doesn't like I don't pass over that that like, okay, well, if there's a pyramid structure on Mars. Who you know? Maybe that's from natural erosion. Maybe not. But if 
we're looking if there's structures there, there's structures here, right? Maybe there is some sort of tie-in where a people there um, in this like inhospitable zone have traveled to Antarctica and like, and like that's the base. I mean, we get so many interesting things coming out of there from like Nazi interests to like Admiral, Admiral Byrd, uh, you know, running into resistance in Antarctica that says that like, maybe there is something there, right? Maybe there is something there in those holes. It's just the one thing that seems weird is that they would allow us to have all these research bases and, and work so closely with them. I don't mind that. I don't mind that theory at all. You're a, you're a ET ET species on Mars, whatever for whatever reason. Maybe it's just like exploratory. You're just checking out the rest of the solar system, similar to what we are doing now. Or you're trying to get off Mars because of an impending cataclysm or whatever it is. Krypton shit. Yeah, man. that's the Kalel sent his ass to fucking Antarctica. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, you find Antarctica. <laughs> but, but wait, Mars where was the Fortress like of Solitude? Like, Dan, where? Dan, it's not in a, they haven't they haven't hollowed it out and then completely destroyed it. Where was the Fortress of Solitude? In Antarctica, because that is the <laughs> there most you isolated go. Place. It's fucking. Because don't don't it's give me solitude this shit. Because it is the most isolated. So the only place. reason to leave a planet is because it's blowing up. That's apparently Martian Manhunter lived on Mars. Well. And they were fine. And he came to Earth. There's still hundred. There's still like hundreds of thousands of them. Well, the White Martians live there too. So let's keep going though, because there's a couple more we got. We got to get to one more that people are going to be asking about. Like you, you guys got to talk about it. We got to talk about the oldest map that may show Antarctica possibly free of ice, perhaps the Piri Reese map. So everybody usually asks about this one because it pops up multiple times uh, across a number of programs, usually TV programs. It gets mentioned in books a lot. The Piri Reis map, which was discovered in 1929 in Istanbul, Turkey, by a German theologian, uh, Gustav Dieschmann. And while he was actually cataloging the contents of Istanbul's Topaki Palace's library. Now, this map, when he looked into this map and actually realized what he had he determined that this map perhaps identified um, a lot of the usual land masses, but also there was another one that they kind of perhaps thought was Antarctica. Now, if, the, if it was true that this map had actually shown Antarctica, uh, it, it would like kind of set things back because it seems to be something incredible that they have perhaps found so this actual map which measures about 35 by 24 inches it is the it is currently in pieces which is sad but you can actually um i don't think you can actually see it i don't think it's actually on display at this point now from what historians have put together that this this map was put together by uh an ottoman turkish admiral in 1513 and he had taken from what they have seen actual evidence of notes on the map is that he had taken more than 20 like 20 or more maps from different uh different cultures different different city states and things like that and actually put them together into one map mm. so now along the bottom section of the map is a lot is what people kind of point to um i think you, you talked about hapgood yep 
yeah. Hapgood cites this one as as yeah, I know this is like one of the kind of like the cruxes of one of his books. He talks about this one that the it appears to show or it resembles th- this landmass at the bottom. It uh, it shows a very <laughs> it looks very similar to the coast of uh, Antarctica or specifically Queen Maud Land. Yeah, correct. Now. Uh, the map actually shows that this continent is that there's a little kind of there are a few discrepancies with this map, uh, you know, to to today's, uh, you know, cartographers and maps and things like that. But they have this this continent is actually connected to South America or what would be South America at that point. So it's it's yeah. So there are some theorists that kind of put this that perhaps this this map shows Antarctica Free of ice. Free of ice. You know, because it, it, it seems to resemble that Queen Maudlin, you know, free of ice and, and this thing. So a lot of people say that this perhaps this map shows that Antarctica or they they got this map. Like perhaps one of the maps that he used was a very ancient map. And he had never the gained from some boom pre-Diluvian now, here culture. It is. Go ahead, Braden, first. I got I got a theory after. Um, I was going to say, well, my theory might be very similar to yours, but I, w- I was thinking like, you know, what? if if you look at the amount of ice on Antarctica, if, say, you know, 12 to 14,000 years ago, there was some sort of ca- cataclysm that melted off a lot of this ice and caused massive ocean rises on both poles from like melting ice caps from both poles. Um, could this account for like what history and like religion tells us is to be the great flood? Like the, like a meltwater pulse, like we talked about. Like a, yeah, exactly. Right. And then freeing up a lot of that coastline that we see in the Piri Rias map. Perhaps. I mean, when we think about like those meltwater pulses, they're, I mean, they're fast in geological time, but they're not like a rapid, yeah, didn't overnight. Run. It didn't like in 30 days, didn't like flood the whole world as far as we know so far. <laughs> but my theory was, so this Piri Reese map found in Turkey or put together yeah. like in Turkey. Ooh, go, Turkey. Go back to the Tepe. You know what that means? Turkey. There you go. If we had, say we did have a, an advanced civilization prior to like prehistory civilization and all these theories were correct and it was free of ice and these you know, this civilization was global spanning in some fashion and they sailed all the seas and they mapped out the coastlines. And then, you know, like that map kind of was passed down, but forgotten. And then when it was finally put back together, like where did, like, where did all this, these, this information come from? Like I'm putting it all back together because it's like, you know, compiled of all these different versions of maps. And then you have, you know, this is like a, a small snippet of, the history left by the civilization, perhaps. Yeah, there there are a few weird things about that map. Not that one isn't also the weird, like the weirdest one. Like they have the they have the Virgin Islands in two places. Um, a lot of uh, historians kind of put this off. Like they kind of write off this 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 landmass that's at the bottom because a lot of it was kind of. I don't think a lot of people really, really consider that. Um, Map makers back in the day took a lot of liberty with their maps. Like they they took they they would kind of put stuff in whatever they were kind of make 
make the maps their own. There's like their own style of the maps. But one thing that was actually common uh, during the period when this map was made was that a lot of map makers would put a, um, what was known as like, they would put a landmass known as uh, Terra Cognita Australis. Right. And they would put this in the, in the map somewhere. And it had kind of been theorized by actually Ptolemy, like the Greek, Greek, uh, like the Greek, figure Ptolemy that there, there was this landmass that would that was supposed to exist to kind of offset the large uh like the large land masses in the northern hemisphere that there had to be some other landmass somewhere in the world so we'd always put this one so this one a, a lot of uh you know, historians and cartographers, when they look at this map, they're like, there, there's a lot of stuff that's weird and it's missing because because the whole thing that Antarctica or what is supposed to be Antarctica is connected to South America, like the Drake Passage is is missing. So it's definitely missing some pieces to it. And there's some stuff that's a little bit weird. It is. But at the same time, if you go with like our modern timeline, like we hadn't mapped the full world at this time. And this doesn't show just show Antarctica. It shows like the West Coast of, you know, South America and up and like you see like Mexico. And then it kind of starts to fall off when you get to North, like North America, like up, like, you know, where California and North would be. But it shows like all of Africa. It shows like all the stuff that they say maybe shouldn't have, they didn't know about yet. Or maybe they didn't, it's, it's too accurate, some people say. So they're saying it's maybe from, you know, prehistory is what people. Ta- yeah. Yeah. So that is, it is cool though. That, I mean, we go with like, oh yeah, it wasn't till Cook finally sailed, you know, around Antarctica and Australia and found all this stuff. Like only in like, what was that? 1770s. Right. Like not that long ago. And then you got a couple hundred years before you have all, the, you have this mapped out. And so. Instead we have this badass map on an Impala skin. <laughs> Yeah, fucking who knows when. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. It's cool if you never heard about it and uh, are interested, go look it up. The Piri Reese map. There's also other maps that we're not going to get to today, but there's that seem to be out of place in history. But for another time, this is the coolest one. Coolest one. Okay, all theories lead to aliens, and when it comes to Antarctica, Lyndon Moulton Howe, as Braden gave you a a, a quick a quick one earlier, one of her interviews. She gets even deeper with these two whistleblowers she calls Spartan 1 and Spartan 2. So what what do we know about these these two characters? The, well, first off, the most interesting thing about these two characters is that Linda Moulton Howe claims to have met Spartan 2, who introduced her to Spartan 1. And I'm, I'm like, well, why isn't Spartan 2 then Spartan 1 and Spartan 1 Spartan 2? <laughs> like, this makes your... your organization of their names is very confusing linda maybe that's his real name it's not even a placeholder <laughs> it's not a, no that's his real name spartan maybe that's her designation yeah pretty much spartan one we'll start with spartan one so we're saying that there there's the scientists and they're ex- ex- extracting them and stuff but spartan one is boots on the ground guy and he claims that there is a gigantic structure under the ice part or mainly under the ice, but some of it above the ice with like 23 foot doors that are 18 foot thick. And during his mission, he's a, this, I think Spartan one was a Navy seal, if I'm not mistaken. And Spartan two was some type of Marine, but pretty much he, his story goes that, I mean, 
he he emailed Molten Howe and blew the whistle about all the stuff. So ha- that's how we get it. But he pretty much says that on his mission, he seen this door and he touched it and it opened and he went inside. It was like a huge room with a huge ramp and it like went down into this gigantic room with like 20 foot ceilings. And he goes on to say that there's like, it's a three stage compound. Uh, the doors don't have standard hinges. They're like on pivot points that you can open with a finger. Uh, Some shitty security got, they got there. And he Jesus. said there was like an ambient glow seeming to come like from like a backlight of the wall. Like, and so outdoor temperatures like minus 40 Fahrenheit, he claims. But as soon as you open the pivot door, it's like standard room temperature. Right. And he be interested to see what their heating bills like. Right. And then he claims that like there is strange like glyphs, like hieroglyphs that well, obviously he doesn't know what they are, but he's like, does they don't look Egyptian, they don't look Aztec, but he claims them as glyphs. And what he he claims is like perhaps above the door on like top right of the door, there's like this chart. And through his like his research talking to like astronomers and astrophysicists, is this could be a star map of some kind. So, I mean, that's that's how the story starts with Spartan One. Thoughts? Um, well, it's, to me, that's so interesting. The one thing I like about this story is that you have someone here who's witnessed something that they claim has astonished them. And then it's not like he's just going to Linda Moulton Howe and be like, here's the deets. He's also going to experts and being like, this is what I've seen. Explain this to me. Like, I need, I need to learn more because what I've seen has changed my whole perspective. So what do you think? And he's going to, you know, experts and, you know, astronomers and everyone and, and showing them what he can remember to see, get other people's takes on it, to try to understand what he saw, to make some sort of rational understanding. Cause he's obviously like blown away by this stuff. That's my initial thoughts. And we're getting into some straight, Alien vs. Predator type stuff here. It's fucking cool, right? A- ancient base under the ice. He claims it's like actually like a 62-acre facility that proceeds like deep, deep, deep under the ice. When there's like volcanic activity and stuff, so it's it's not like, Andrew, with your, your quip about the heating bill, it's not, you know, out of the question to be, you know, maybe there's some geothermal vents and stuff. What's, uh, what's 68 degrees fahrenheit in normal temperature it's probably like 19 degrees <laughs> normal temperature <laughs> rest of the world temperature it? it's probably 19 degrees celsius i, I want to know 68 degrees fahrenheit celsius I, I can't remember Let's how you do the right. conversion 20 20 that's like that's like not a bad temperature hot. for no well that's they that's say normal like temperature. for nhl ice 16 to 18 degrees celsius is like good for mm-hmm. outdoor games okay I mean, that's right. That's you got, you got like all the ammonia cooling systems and stuff under the ice. But yeah, I mean, not 20 degrees is perfect room temperature. I mean, that's a nice, comfortable room all year round. It's too too hot for Andrew. You want, you want ice cold? Too hot. 18, 18.5. All right. All right. The interview goes farther with Spartan One. He goes, goes on to claim that for the last like 20, 25 years, there's these been these submarine expeditions that have accessed this underground or under ice sub base that seems to be perfectly suited for submarines. And it's like two, two miles below the ice. 
and I guess the submarines docked there. And I, I don't I don't understand this part because I don't know how subs work, but he goes on to claim like, yeah, you don't have to decompress when you come out. It must be alien tech. But I was like, isn't that sub pressurized already? Dan, do you know anything? Dan? Do you know anything about subs? It should be. Right. So you're I never I never worked on subs, but I mean Yeah, but you've put a lot of hours in barrel trauma. Yeah, I did. <laughs> this is true. So I mean, yeah, I like I, I don't know, you'd have to decompress. I mean, no, it is pressurized against what the uh like the outside, I sort of like what the outside pressure is. Well well hold you on, is it crushed? Is it one like, of those things where it's like you don't have to decompress because like you know if you go to uh if you're doing a dive zell and you go to an underwater cave that has an opening where you can actually you're like still under the water, but there's like you're like in an underwater cave. Pocket. Like you could yeah, you could take your mask off and shit. Yeah, right? I don't, like you I don't know, but when you're, when you're diving though, like you the pressure of the water is on your body, but you're in your sub, like the pressure of water yeah. is held out by the sub and then the inside would be pressurized. So I I don't I don't know this part. So let's just skip that part. We'll say it's but alien it, tech. But Instantly, when you start talking about this, now this ties into, you know, the Nazis having a real interest in Antarctica. And, you know, we hear about these, we, we hear similar things about like some sort of Nazi, uh, like underwater base. Um, and maybe that's what Admiral Byrd and Operation High Jump were going to find out as well. Right. And we knew that they talked about Antarctica being a biggest, like could be the biggest threat of like aircraft going pole to pole. So is this Nazis, Nazis have underground water bases? Well, no, but that was a theory. Is theory. that Hitler I was mean, very interested in Antarctica, and they potentially sounds like it's fucking like real life Cobra Commander here <laughs> making his giant fucking. That's amazing. I mean, what if that is Cobra Commander's base? It could be. I can yeah. send in Duke. Send in shore leave, and Duke. Oh, shore leave. Yeah. <laughs> Now Spartan One goes on to claim that OSI, (laughs) (laughs) little Venture Brothers reference. If you get it, Um, if you don't, you got to do your homework. So Spartan One goes on to make more claims about not only does does this like these hieroglyphs and this style of base that that he explored under the ice in Antarctica resembles. Now we're going to get into a little, you know, start going secret space program on the backside of the moon they found similar structures with similar glyphs he claims and this is so now this these structures are connected and this is the pretty much how he described i'm not sure if i can't remember if it's spartan one or spartan two this is if you want to so he got access to both the moon the pictures of the moon base and this one well this guy's must have this guy obviously has Q level clearance. This guy's got a yeah. lot of if you listen to him, he's got Definitely. clearance and he's got knowledge because yeah, he claims that the base on the backside of the moon is has the same type of design and structure and glyphs on it as the base in Antarctica. And Do you say anything about the base on Mars? Well, they were talking about he did mention uh Cydonia region of Mars and about like the face okay. and stuff, but And the one on Venus? He didn't get to Venus in this interview, at, no. at, in, at least in whatever made this edit, we didn't hear about it. Sure. So, and the one on Jupiter. I mean, we're I, we're gonna try and get Spartan One on the show. I'll I'll fucking mute his voice. I'll make his voice all crackly, and he can come on. So pretty much, this guy he's blown the whistle, saying there is a secret alien base 
And it goes on in the interview to say he, it's the progenitor race of humanity. And that's, so we are getting straight into alien versus predator, like alien covenant. He, he claims these people have, they're human-like with like bigger, st much stronger. Well, that was Prometheus. I mean, that's all the same. Alien same. covenant was Adam making. And mentally, these things are dance. mentally superior. Yeah, but it's, a, it's <laughs> the same when, universe. Like, did the movie come out before this guy? No, after. No, no, way no. After. This came out way after. Um, okay. But like, you know, he claims they have large skulls, larger skulls. Yep. Um, it, it does worry me that he doesn't say elongated because I'm like, I like to jump to like, oh my God, they must have had so the they, elongated skulls. they found skulls. remains of this progenitor race in the, in the base? No, they've, they're in contact with contact. Uh, so they, and so he claims that there, these, there's multiple, multiple races of ETs and these are, you know, these are allies and there's other ones that are obviously more dangerous, but he could not, exp he did not elaborate on who or what they are. the convenient way for them to live among us is under a base in the ice, two miles underneath the ice that can be accessed by submarines. Well, no one, you only have to know where it is. You have to have a submarine. It's hard to access. So, I mean, the general public's not going to know about it if you're in contact with the military. Just saying. Unless you got Spartan 1 and Spartan 2 <laughs> fucking ratting on them. Right. Fuckers. So, I mean, that's that's where it goes. Now there's also Spartan 2, who is really Spartan 1, but their name's Spartan 2. <laughs> I, I don't know. It gets confusing. He's the first Spartan to meet Linda, but for name, some reason, name number two. Name Spartan 2. Maybe it's, you know what? She probably named them like we named Rick 1 and Rick 2. Interchangeable. Rick 1's an ice. Yeah. yeah, well, Rick 1's an ice one, Rick 2's the shitty one. Yeah. So that's probably how she tiered them. Well, when you when you're doing the interviews and you mute the voices like that or you distort the voices, you kind of get them mixed up, and then in the final script you mixed up the numbers. You said, ah, fuck it, good enough. And you know what? Maybe for safety reasons, doesn't it, matter. Is there a chance that it's the same person and she's just done this to kind of add a layer of confusion? Perhaps. Can't can't reveal her source. I uh, yeah, or you know, I mean. He's taking a big risk being a whistleblower on one of the biggest secrets of the, you know, human history. And, you know, I can't imagine that there would be a lot of people that were privy to the meetings of the, the ETs and these scientists. Is that correct? Like he went, he went in a sub full of like a sub probably with them, you know, at least a hundred other people operating a nuclear sub. No, he wasn't actually on the sub. He just knows about no. the subs. Oh, he just knows. He just about knows it. about the subs and the base. But he met these aliens. He has not personally met. And I don't think he is not personally. No, met he just aliens. knows about the aliens. He just knows about the aliens. Whistleblower. He has a friend of a friend who's right. Talked hey, to them. These are not his, his words, not ours. We're just sure. we're, we're regurgitating here. So Spartan okay. Two goes on to make even more claims similar in nature to Spartan One. I'm confused now. Spartan, the Spartans. <laughs> Fucking Spartans are making claims. <laughs> Just call them the Spartans. So the Spartan John Spartan Spartan Two goes on to Master make Chief. goes on to make more claims about the, the space force and how it's all connected. He goes on. Sure. He even goes on to say like Amuamua, which is I mean Amuamua was a what's that? It was an asteroid, the first ever, um, like ET object to come from outside our solar object. Yeah, and it came into our solar system and it it, it slowed went around. down. No, it, it came and then it sped up rapidly around oh. the sun. And then it, it has like a lot of physicists and like astronomers being like, you know, it's a 
topic of great interest because it's never happened before. But this guy says that this the Space Force, which he was not part of, but he knows that that Oumuamua was actually an ET craft and the Space Force, he calls it like, I think they call it like Joint Space Command or something, but they actually landed on Oumuamua. Yes. So, I mean, this is, this is where this interview goes. So they got the Spartans making all these claims about alien bases under Antarctica. It gets even, it gets more, it gets even crazier. I don't know how far we want to go, but they start talking about portals. So how fast was Oumuamua traveling when it came through our solar system? It started at like, you know, like 65,000 kilometers an hour, and then it sped up to like 95,000 kilometers an hour. But that, that would be no problem with Joint Space Command having alien technology on their ships that can travel that fast, right? I don't know. Probably not. No yeah. issue. And match that trajectory um, exactly. Oh, it'd be no problem, I'm sure. Maybe. The only issue, the only thing that I had with this is that when he's talking about this, he doesn't even say Amuamua. He goes, mua, yeah, mua. we landed on that Amoa Moa or whatever no, he, it's called. I think he just goes like Muamua. <laughs> Whatever, a mama, a mama, mama, whatever it's called. A and Linda Mohan's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he goes, Oh, he, he explains it. She goes, Oh, a moo, a moo. And he goes, Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, a little interesting. Spartan 2 goes on to say there's actually stargates on, like, in, in this Antarctic base, but not. Oh, we knew that already. Yeah. yeah. It connects the one in Iran, right? Well, Iran? possibly, but there's also one, there's some, in, you know, there's in. The one I thought was the coolest that I would like to go find is there's one in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada here. So, so you're telling me Stargate, the movie, the Stargate SG-1 movie about the Stargate Atlantis is, at, or no, Antarctica is a documentary. Yeah. Could be. Okay. When and was it that? it pops out in Edmonton, Alberta. Edmonton, Alberta? Oh, man. Or that giant what hole is... that just opened up. Imagine over. how disappointed you'd be. You get out of there and you're in fucking Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Middle of winter, it's minus 50. Like I came from Antarctica. Take me back. Take me back to Antarctica. Yeah. Is, wait, wait. Is the is the climate in Edmonton similar to the climate on Mars? In winter. Yeah, in the winter, yes. it is. Boom. Done. There you go. Put it to bed. Um, Put it, it to bed, boys. We got it. Nailed it. <laughs> Edmonton is populated by Martians. There's hmm. also three Stargates in Europe, Egypt and two in Australia. Biggest one, or the most interesting one, I think, is the one that connects Harp to Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, which is which is visited by thousands of tourists every year. Yeah, and they want to go on vacation. It, it could be underneath. It could be underneath Pearl Harbor, like in some underground underwater base. You need need a sub to get to it. Maybe Pearl Harbor. Work hard, play hard, boys. Anyways, I'm just so the the last conspiracy. We're probably gonna we gotta wrap this up sometime. But the conspiracy is that some type of ET race either has built or built them recently or has built them a long time ago. They've been here for all of human history or they built them recently in Antarctica under the ice and Spartan one and two are the only ones to come forward so far. So, I mean, if we take them at their word, this is straight next thing. Next thing you know, they're going to a spaceship. A Muamua is coming back. It's going to shoot a fucking high intensity laser beam from space. It's going to drill a perfect 33 degree hole deep into the bottom of this base where we're going to enter it, find the queen xenomorph, right. and we have alien versus predator. Check. Check. That movie sucks, okay. but it'll be better this time. It sucks, but it's still fun to this watch. It's real. Lance Henriksen. Anyway, so that... Cashing that paycheck. The last conspiracy is aliens in Antarctica underground base. What about the Nazis? Well... Can't forget about well, the, fucking... the Nazis made the xenomorphs. 
That makes perhaps. sense to me. I mean, the Nazis, we yeah. talked about Operation High Jump and Hollow Earth on previous case files. We don't go too far into the it. The Nazis but. found the xenomorphs underneath the ice. I feel like that was Hitler's like best troll job he had. He's like, fuck, we're losing. What can we do to fuck these guys over? Let's pretend like we have a base in Antarctica and send them there because it fucking sucks there. Make them use all their resources. Just to call this place on all of the <laughs> Let them go there, yeah. Um, now, like my final thoughts with Antarctica is it's there's a lot of mysteries and we didn't even touch on some of them. Like we we talked about back in 2018, like the perfectly rectangular iceberg. Oh, the ice, um, yeah, looks, the ice sheet. Yeah, it looks like a football field. It looks like it was cut perfectly. And scientists say, "Oh, that can naturally happen." But we know that nature doesn't, well, doesn't always, and very rarely works in straight lines. Um, like, there's a lot of weird things that happen there. And when you just look at it in, like, when you just look at Antarctica as like Antarctica by itself, I think you can explain some of these mysteries away. But when you start to look into like Operation High Jump. You know, the Nazi interests, um, you know, pyramids all over the world, you know, Buzz Aldrin saints, you know, there's some evil there. Like all this weird stuff Buzz starts Aldrin's to tie to altered tweet. Yeah. It what about what about Rusty Shackelford? He fucking sailed all the way through that place. He was fine. Who the fuck's Rusty Shackelford? He's fucking the guy that got his boat stuck while he was sailing through fucking uh, Antarctica. Who? Who? Rusty Shackelford. Isn't that the fucking Dale Dale Gribble's fucking alias in King of the Hill? Yeah, <laughs> What's the explorer's name? It's like Shackleton or something like that. Shackleton. Mm. I know, but when you look at all these mysteries in a micro, I think I think there is something stranger than we know going on in Antarctica. Um, and I think in the, in in the future we're gonna find more very interesting finds scientifically, uh, whether that be more artifacts or skulls. Or maybe potential evidence of a ancient civilization. Yeah, I mean, I would Personally. have to. I would. I would agree with you that the mysteries of Antarctica, I mean, are covered in ice at the moment. And until we, it's not like we're spending, you know, same amount that we do on military defense on exploring Antarctica and the oceans and stuff. So, I mean, the, the mysteries there are not. They're not all found. Like they're they're going to keep coming, and we like. We didn't even talk about the South, the South Atlantic anomaly, which actually Spartan One goes to say is part of this base and the Stargates and stuff. But there, I wouldn't be surprised if you know if ice starts receding and we start finding more fossils, or like they crack open one of these lakes and they find something that doesn't. You know, there's just it's too unexplored. But as far as like hollow Earth, I mean, I don't know how the Earth could be hollow. We went through it before. I mean, giant caverns and like honeycomb tubes and structures through the crust and stuff, 100%. Maybe there's one one of these like, you know, giant caverns under the ice there. We'll find out. But as far, like, I want to believe Spartan 1 and 2 so bad. That would be awesome. All that shit, alien bases under the ice, stargates. But if you don't, first of all, you can't see his face. You can't understand his voice. It's been manipulated. And the only person who has any information is Linda Moulton Howe. It's hard. It's hard. It's, <laughs> you got, we need more. We need more. Very hard. We need, we need more. I mean, that, that's right up our alley on the show. Obviously. Hey, listen, Spartan 3 and 4, call us on Cosmic Channel Sunday night. First. <laughs> yeah, next, next case file, Spartan 3 and 4. Anyways, Andrew, what do you think? 
I I kind of on the same wavelength as you and Braden because you know what I mean. Like we have we have parts of our world that are way less fucking treacherous and easy, way easier to access than fucking Antarctica, and we still haven't explored those to the fullest yet. You know what I mean? Like it's it it only I could only fucking fathom what's there. You know what I mean? We got pyramids on every continent around the world, and we think we see pyramid like structures there. They fucking probably are. You know what I mean? Like we're we're just starting to figure out LIDAR and stuff like that and what's underneath the fucking layers and layers of sand in Egypt. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know what I mean? For the the idea that there could possibly be an advanced civilization there. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean, mean, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, brother. Thank you. Dan, what do you think? Right on. I think Antarctica is a fascinating place. It's one of the coolest places on the planet. And sexiest. Uh, Inhospitable to a point, but life still apparently grows there. It can exist uh miles beneath the ice for millions of years absolutely amazing um we found so many so much stuff there already there are dinosaur fossils have been discovered there uh i mentioned the the petrified forests there that are actually helping scientists to understand one of the greatest mysteries of our planet the permian extinction like those are actually helping them to try and figure out what happened why 80 to 90 percent of all life on earth was almost wiped out right and, and well, like a geologic blink of an eye, you know, where potentially our planet could have taken a, a huge turn at some point. We found all these things in Antarctica. So there's tons of interesting stuff that has been found. And I'm sure there's tons of interesting stuff that will be found in the future. Oh, Antarctica. Mysteries unsolved. Ernest Shackleton. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> all right. Um, why don't we get into a little bit of space news? What we got today? Um, <laughs> this first one's uh, part of a new segment called <laughs> Craig's Cheeks of the Week. <laughs> and uh, scientists have described a dinosaur's butthole. Uh, and... Surprise, surprise, it's just like mine. Exquisite. Exquisite. Bleached? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I've seen, like, I've seen the damage that thing's done. It's, like, fucking melted through fucking concrete. I was there at that fucking yeah, SkyTrain station. Yeah, that was Corona. That was ground zero for coronavirus, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would ever be the same after that. Um, no, it's rebounded. Um, basically they found a fossil and they've identified the, um, do you know how I pronounce it, Dan? What's it called? Where it's like cloaca. a, it's a cloaca. It's a, basically a utility hole. Well, if you believe for everything, <laughs> I was, I was commenting about hole. this earlier that the article that they put this in, like I, I first saw it pop up on LiveScience.com, which is a great website. Um, when this one popped up, the, the first the day it po- it was posted, it had the title, Dinosaur's Butthole Found, which is great. Um, then underneath that little line was like, it was a, uh, it was an all-purpose, it was like all-purpose glory hole. Yeah. <laughs> Never seen that in a scientific <laughs> article. I thought that was pretty hilarious. But the interesting thing is that the next day, people started posting that article again, like in our Discord server. And I said, and I, I read the line again, and they had changed it. They had changed it from all-purpose glory hole to like all-purpose utility hole. 
Better before. But the article's great. It's written by like a, a, a legit paleontologist, but I think they use every euphemism. A regular for Ross butt. Geller. Yeah, they use every <laughs> euphemism for butthole in that thing, derriere, you know, booty, whatever. They just use everything in there, and it's a great article. Um, check it out. Um, now into more uh, space fitting more space news. news. SpaceX launched the most spacecraft ever deployed on a single mission uh, on Sunday. What was the date? January twenty fourth, I guess. Uh, it's <laughs> SpaceX Falcon 23rd. Nine rocket carrying a hundred and thirty three commercial and government spacecraft, as well as ten SpaceX satellites, making it the most spacecraft ever deployed on a single mission. Good thing it was successful. <laughs> yeah, a lot of lot of dollars riding on that rocket. Yeah. God damn. Um, you know, SpaceX. It just seems like every month we're just we're just blowing the history books on what uh, what can be done with these kind of rockets and uh, space innovation. So it's exciting to see. Yep, it landed back successfully on the drone ship. Of course, I still love you. The fifth successful launch and recapture of the same booster. Crazy. Woo! Just like ten years ago, unheard of reusing boosters. Now it's just common. Now it's become commonplace. Yeah, cool. SpaceX killing it. That's all I got. All right. Randomatron? Uh, yeah, fire up the randomatron. Loading it in. You, you got it. Woo! Uh, this is from A.A. Ron. Uh, he has two short stories. This happened on Jan. Oh, this is recent. This happened on January for or yeah, January seventh, twenty twenty one. So not that long ago. Uh, my four year old son. I'm just gonna call him W. And I were racing from the bathroom w. to his bed. When we got to his bed, we both landed on it, half on the ground and half on the bed. And then the dog jumped up on us, or sorry, jumped up on it between us. I then said, it's a tie. We then heard the word, hey. It was soft and higher pitched voice, like that of a young female child, but a little scratchy, almost as if it was a recording you would find in a toy or stuffed animal. My son turned to me and asked, who said that? I told him I didn't know, and he went through all his toys and books by his bed to see if any of them made noise. We have yet to find what made the noise. As a side note, he has told me in the past that he has ghost friends, but also that they're not real, which makes the whole thing even weirder. This incident happened after I, for two days in a row, unintentionally re-listened to episodes where you guys talked about the time where you heard the hello. Ooh. Additionally. But unrelated, when he was two, he told me aliens were coming for him. Or aliens were coming to get him. And kids say creepy, creepy shit. I got a guy at work who I work with, and his daughter was like, Haha, you're going to hell. Nothing you can do about it. Oh. And she's like, two? And then she just like fucking walked away, and he was like, what? What? 
<laughs> Listen, that happens here. I fucking going up for adoption, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking cut that shit. Elon's got another quick story. The next story takes place probably in the late 90s or early 2000s. I was probably between 9 and 13. One night, my dad and I were out stargazing as we often did. And as we sat there, we noticed a light moving across the sky. There was nothing special about this light. It honestly just looked like another star, same size and luminosity. Other than the fact it was moving fairly quickly. It was moving from north to south, essentially. The light went the light then went below the tree line only to reemerge seconds later, where it then flew off seemingly straight up and disappeared into the night sky. I don't know what to call it because it's not your typical UFO sighting. There was no visible craft or a multitude of lights, just one dot oddly moving through the sky. Maybe it was a UFO. Maybe it was just so high that the craft wasn't visible. Visible. Who knows? My dad still brings it up every now and then. So I know it wasn't just my kid brain making things up. Very respectfully, A.A. Ron. Well, thanks, oh, cool. A.A. Ron, for sending those in. Cool stories. Cool story. Kid, kids, man, kids say the darndest things, don't they? So the creepiest things, things for sure, man. I'm glad my kid doesn't make sense. It's just not, fucking not yet. Not yet. No. Another six months. He's, he says some things. Another six months. He's going to be telling you, you're going to hell. And there's Dude, nothing he runs you can so do hard about already, it. But it's just gibberish. <laughs> I'm sure he's telling me to go fuck myself, but I just don't understand. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Don't you worry. All right, uh, theorite of the week. Who was killing it on uh, on the Facebook group Discord this week? I know there was. Are you asking me or? I was asking you. Okay. Well, you know what? I mean, we got. I'm gonna have a runner up, but because just because this fucking guy, he's too good. He went. He's win. He's won it way too many times. But we can't deny him because he's putting out straight fucking gold. You can keep winning. He really you can keep is. winning Super Bowls if you keep performing. Yeah, he's the, this guy's the fucking patriots of our Facebook group. <laughs> so everybody's, you know what? I enjoy your content, but everybody's going to hate you because he keeps stealing all the fucking Lombardi trophies, pal. It's Steven Estep with his fucking... Estep. His, his fucking Barry Sanders meme. Barry Sanders. Have you guys all seen it? Bernie Sanders. Sorry, not Barry Sanders. Bernie. <laughs> Sorry, I got Detroit Lions on the Yeah, brain. it was great. He photoshopped them in uh, to us when we were meeting Giorgio. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot That'd of those memes, red. but that was like the first one we got and it was just too perfect. His gold. Yeah. Uh, runner up, Jacob Crippen, because of his fucking Ninja Turtle memes on point. I, you, nobody can dispute he fi- it. He, fi- he the, finally named you as Raph. It's the most accurate one I've seen. I just, you know, I can't. It's just a work of art. I feel like he's gaming the system because he's heard you say how much you want to be those kind of characters. No, I think he's just accurate. I think he's just a smart guy, you know, very educated, knows his, his fucking TMNT. Yeah. And, and made the right call. Yeah. Simple as that. No, a lot, a lot of good stuff on the Facebook group. You can check it out. Search us on Facebook. Look for the group or find the link in the description. It's Facebook. It's Facebook. Let's start a new one. Barry, Barry Sanders in the Facebook. <laughs> I took too many sprays. What did you do? That's what I want. I'm, I'm on. I'm off the sauce right now, boys. Good for you. Feels weird, but good at the same time. Main, mainly, I got my sleep tracker. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do two weeks of tracking without it, and I'm gonna do two, two weeks of tracking with it. See, see if it makes a difference. All right. If you're not on our Patreon, we get all the 
bonus content, early access, all the other goodies, head over to patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast, or just look in the podcast description. Can't miss it. This week's newest Patreons, Ben Trigiano, full year pledge by Kyle. Thanks, buddy. Ooh. Hunt Warnus, Jeff Clark, Slayer Mundo, John Shonson, Michael Suli, Antel Ullman, Obi, not Obi Wan Kenobi. Damn. Too bad. David Williams, Stephen Cross, Chase, Lilland, Lucero, and our good friend, fucking Sam Squanch. And as we always say at the end of this case file, <laughs> these case files, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in after hours. 